0: Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School, Chicago. I hope and pray that the following message blesses you with peace and hope in Christ, who died and rose for you for free. It is yours. If you'd like to support God's mission of giving life, hope, peace, joy, and love in the city of Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org. Peace. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Who loves to go camp? Who likes camping? People camp here. I think we got some campers. All right, Dan. Backpacking, do you like to like just have what you have on your back and move around? And stop. Who hates camping? That's okay. Raise your hand if you hate the idea of camping. Okay, we good. Got some honest people. We have a couple over here. One likes it, one hates it, okay. That's not, that's not uncommon actually at all. I grew up like we like to go camping journey, big family trips and uh, we had a pop-up. Who has a, who's got a tent, who tents? Who's got tents out there? Uh, I like, that's my favorite, tenting. But we had a pop-up, everybody have a pop-up? That's kind of like a, it's kind of like a lie. You know, it's 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 uh, not a tent, but it kinda is and it takes a lot of work. Anyhow, we'll talk we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then you have the full big my in-laws have this man camper or whatever that's just gigantic and uh, or for me it's it's fairly large. Anyway, I just love it. I love taking a home and going somewhere and going out on an adventure and going places where you know you're you're far enough deep and then you can't go to the hotel. You gotta camp out right there that night. I love that journey. Your home going with you. And it's kind of interesting you think about as a kid camping because you leave your comfortable home, um, which is maybe some of you have moved many times, by the way. There's something to be said about a place that's yours, right? A home, an area you feel comfortable around. And in camping, you sort of take it out, and it's portable, and it's mobile, but it's still home because your, your family's there, right? So wherever you are, there they are, and you're, you're good. When you read Exodus and the story of the tabernacle, uh, you know, I think sometimes we think of the tabernacle as this amazing, holy place, complicated, um, untouchable, and very, to be honest, very like a rock, right? Like just something you would go to, that you do pilgrimage to. That word tabernacle just sounds really special. But literally in the Hebrew and the Greek, the word is just tent. And as you see God make it, He designs this, this tabernacle, this tent, it's just a tent. It's got walls, it's, a, it's, like a, it's a, a rectangle of walls that God actually designs every little bit of it. The design of the material, and you're going to have angels on it, and the certain poles. He even tells you where you're going to get your poles from, It's quite honestly. I get a little, um, it brings out, maybe it's a PTSD because camping, my dad, going back to the pop-up tent, or pop-up camper, um, we're on vacation, we're on a journey, but the first couple of days, or couple of hours of putting the uh, camper up… It was not really joyful. It was uh, (laughs) all these directions, and I don't know, I'm sure I didn't contribute to him being frustrated by not listening to what to do to set it up. Anyhow, I read this and it's like, this sounds like my home life, right? When uh, dad's like, set up the camper like this, and the boys were just kind of fooling around, and he gets mad, and we don't do it right, and whatever. In fact, it also reminds me, I think my son's here, we went on a youth trip, and uh, we all had our tents. Uh, I think it was Mackinac Island, actually, in that area or whatever, were setting up, and you, you're reading your quick little directions or whatever, and Henry and uh, I think it was Michael Salmon had a tent they were going to share. I look over, it's just a regular tent, but it's like 10 feet tall and like two feet wide. It was like, I don't know how they even did it, actually, and they had like five poles left over. So, didn't work out. They actually thought the poles were extra poles they threw in there, just in case you need more poles. Anyhow. Following directions on making a tent is important. And God gives very great detail. As uh, Tommy said, he seems to be a micromanager. He gets involved in the very details of setting up this tabernacle. The beautiful walls on the outside, and then the inside, right, is another sort of tent with a roof on it, all cloth. And in that, is this thing that he designed, this Ark of the Covenant, made out of gold, rectangular shape with two golden cherubim, and he said, I will be there. And when you step back and look at what he's designing, he even says it. it's a tent. And a tent is mobile. And that just really fascinates me. That the great God of the universe, maker of all things, who has a residence. It's probably far beautiful than what he's designing. Maybe. I wonder if it is, actually. Decides to come down to these Israelites. And by the way, if you read again a lesson of reading Genesis, Exodus, they're not geniuses. The Israelites are kind of jerks. Kind of like you. Stubborn, forgetful, ungrateful, wishy-washy, flim. I mean, they were they were sinners. And yet God comes down and rescues them from slavery out of His own choice, brings them out of it right through the Red Sea, and now they're going to go on this journey to the promised land, and He decides to backpack with them right there in this mobile tabernacle tent that gets picked up and moved. Wherever they go, He goes with them. This is very important. Two things are important out of that. Wherever they go, He goes with them. He's not up on high telling them to do stuff He would never do. He does it with them. He moves with them. He is present with them. And not figuratively or symbolically, at least not according to Moses. Literally, God's presence is there, not simply up there. That's very important. And that's a very important theme of the Bible from the beginning symbolic, figurative, is not really the way the Hebrews think, or saw things, or believe things, or how God does it. He's literally tenting with them. So God moves with them in this tent, and eventually, through their troubles and their trials and every challenge, they go into the promised land finally. And there, they continue to move around this tabernacle where God's presence was. And to a point where they have the great king, who's the, the greatest king of Israel? He really established the land God did through him, right? Killed Goliath, Who, what's his name? David. And at some point, David is sort of resting because God had blessed him, The the Israel took over the area, they had all this land. He's in this gorgeous castle, and he looks over and he sees that God is dwelling in a tent. And it frustrates him. He's like, he actually says to his friend, Nathan, why am I in this beautiful, strong castle, and my God, my deliverer is in simply a tent? And he says, I'm gonna build him a beautiful house. And God's response is, I don't need a house. I go where you go. I move where you move. That's what I do. I think just incredible mercy and grace. From the beginning, God comes down. We don't go up there. That's how God works. We never would come up there. He comes down to us. Even the worst of us comes down to us. And he tells David this, you're not going to build me some stable place where people are going to come to me. I move where you go, that's the kind of God I am. And then he says, but I'm going to build you an awesome house that will last forever. And by house he meant the name of David will reign forever. You're going to have a son that will reign forever. And who's that? Jesus. Now think about this tent idea. God comes down. God dwells with them as He says He will. And if He says it, then He is, which is actually, I want you to think about that too. God is literal. He says it. He's not fooling around. He deals with details. So when He says, this is my body, this is my blood, the better reading, if you're a smart person, is it is His body and blood, because He says so, and He doesn't mess — God does not mess around with details. So, he tells David, I'm going to make a house that's going to last forever, and sure enough, Jesus is born. Now, think about this tent idea. If God chose to dwell with these people in this way, think about Jesus as the ultimate tenting. What does John say? John says, chapter 1, you can take a look at it. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of the world. So he's talking about Jesus, the Word, from the very beginning. And then look at this, verse 14. This is not by chance or accident. Verse 14, and the Word became what? flesh, and what's the next word? You've got dwelt, in the Greek skane, which means literally tented. The word dwelt is from the idea of tenting with somebody. That is not by chance. John is pointing out that Jesus is God's presence, back to tabernacling and tenting with people again. But this is, this is so much greater than we see in Exodus, because here we have God Himself dwelling in human flesh as a baby in a manger surrounded by the smell of scats <laughs> of the barn. And where is God? There He is. Talk about dwelling with, hanging with moving with where human beings are at. That is God in Jesus, and not only that, he's hanging out with who? The broken, the hurting, the leprous touching them, the sinners, those caught in adultery, those that are burdened by shame, there's Jesus tenting with them. And even the hypocrites and the Pharisees, not afraid to hang out and go out to dinner with them either. There is Christ, the presence of God, but now in the flesh. Dwelling with people where they are at to bless them, to forgive, to have mercy upon, to give hope. But even more than that, think about this. He tabernacles, I mean, on the cross. I just imagine, I always think about uh, the, the thief on the cross at his lowest point. To be on the cross, and in this situation for this fellow too, public sinner, Mocked and humiliated, he's on a cross hanging. That's the whole point of a cross, to humiliate. But also to observe, like, this person did something terrible and public, and just to give warning, don't you be doing it either. And here you are. I mean, you are caught, you're guilty, and everybody can see you. This is the lowest point in your life. You look over, thinking you're alone, you couldn't be more alone than facing your death on the cross in front of a bunch of people making fun of you. And you look over and there's Jesus, tenting with you, backpacking with you. What? (laughs) Do you think that you can sin so much that God doesn't care, doesn't listen, doesn't forgive? Are you kidding me? You think you can be in a place in your life where you're so far away that God would never be there? I don't think so. He's there on the cross, and more than that, put in the grave. He tents anywhere. He backpacks everywhere. You can't be outside of His presence. The worst of sins, the worst things you can do, there is the Lord dying for you. And even your biggest fears, there is the Lord making holy the most scariest thing in the world. What is more frightening than a grave? And Jesus walks into it and you no longer need to be afraid. I, uh, speaking of backpacking, had a great adventure uh, a while ago with some good buddies out in Utah, and it was one of those trips where uh, we thought we we're going to take this trail, etc. cetera, and um, it wasn't the normal trail where it's well padded down. Like it started out real quickly, like I don't see, there's nothing. We were like using physical markers that we saw in a YouTube video to follow and looking for these juts, you know, and crags or whatever to make sure we we're on the right, on the right path. Uh, a little frightening, but what was amazing is we didn't. there was no, like, path for the most part, but you would every once in a while see a footprint. You know how good that felt? Like this must be that path, it must be this, this uh, path that we're supposed to be taking. That's Jesus. There's the footprint. His footprint's in your grave. He's been there, and he got out alive. You're going to be okay, too. God tabernacles everywhere, even in our sin, even in death. Do not be afraid. He is with you. And He's claimed you. You now are His tents, if you will, the people of God. In baptism, He puts His name on you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is there. He promised to be there, not figuratively, not symbolically. He is there. When Jesus says, when two or three are gathered, there I am, he's not being poetic. It's true. In his people, we are the tabernacle of God, the tent. Not because of this beautiful building, but because his word is being taught and preached. And talk about presence of God, remember, take him literally. This is my body. This is my blood. Jesus is present feel lost today, feel apart from God today, He tabernacles with you in His communion. If you're wondering when or not, He loves you personally. I get to say to you, take and eat. You're forgiven. Here is the body of Christ. So Jesus dies, rises, and then look what He says in the end of Matthew. Where's the presence of God? Is He still tabernacling here? He sends his church to go. Remember, remember, a tent is mobile, not supposed to be permanent and just set there and everybody has to come to it. God is always moving to where people are at. And so, Jesus, it surprises it all, looks at his new tent, if you will, the people of God, and he tells them, go and make, not collect Christians. We're not here to collect people. We're here to make Christians. Where they are at in the struggles and the sins and the lifestyle, whatever it is, who are you to judge or not be humble before anybody else? If God loves you and tabernacle with you, surely He will do with those people too. And so Jesus actually moves the church out to tabernacle with people where they're at, to tent with them, whatever they're suffering from, whatever their fears are. And a long time ago, a bunch of Germans came up here and built this building, not as a shrine but because this is where people were. So that here now you could hear the word, take communion, do good deeds, love the poor, etc. That hasn't stopped. God is still sending us out to tent with people and go where they are at at St. James. You're going to see over the next couple of months as we're looking at reusing all this space, every bit, nothing's holy, so that we can do His will priest the word, give out communion, make disciples, teach at our school. So we can really tabernacle and never let this place become a shrine or a temple, but a moving tent to where people need it. And we're called to, to see the needs of this city, to go to them. Whether it's a hunger or a poor, it's violence or whatever it is, what can we do? God sends us out to walk with Him. And maybe we don't just solve those problems, but we hanging out with people, backpacking with them, talking about life as friends parallel, and through that, hopefully saying, I know someone who's been on this journey before. There's a footprint here of Jesus who died for sinners only and rose again for all that die. May we continue to do that. May God continue to send us out. May we never get too comfortable and make this into a house. Always think about it as a tent. In Jesus' name, amen.